Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. In this one, part two of our post-game Bedlam podcast. Make sure to go leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the social medias at Barry and Mac SHW on Twitter, D underscore Mac 13, and B Wise Fitness, letter B W I S E Fitness, and Go visit Sooners360.com. At the end of this thing, we've got some recruiting talk. So make sure you listen to the whole thing. Without further ado, here's part two. So diving into the offensive side, they took a nosedive. And I want to do this in two parts, but both talk about just the lack of moving the ball. Because OU finishes 1 of 14 on third down conversions, which we've talked about this year. It's been a struggle uh, of number eight at the quarterback position, uh, being able to pick up those third and four, third and seven, kind of those medium third downs that you have to be able to pick up if you want to take your offense to that next level. You go watch a Bryce Young, you go watch a Caleb Williams, you go watch name, you know, top level five star quarterback. They pick those up. They're a, they're a giant nothing burger to those guys. They just go out there and they play ball. Gabriel struggled with that, you know, and of course we could talk about why. But on the second piece, the number one criticism, and I, and I can't believe it took this long to get to it, was the time management thing. And and I'm I'm glad that you talked about you know, really focusing on doing what you do well with the game plan and and trying to uh, balance that out with how you want to attack based on how the team's playing you. But even if OU's strength is not slowing the game down, you know, playing the sort of the, that sitting on the football, taking the air out of it, even though that, that that's not what they they want to do or what they are best at when they are operating at their most optimal, when that game hit about really 12, 13 minutes in the fourth quarter, it felt like it was an easy choice to, to even if you go three and out, run two minutes off the clock. But But we didn't see that, and it continued possession after possession after possession. So two parts the the offensive line didn't seem like they were getting the same push osu the, the, they took some stuff away but but ou struggled and then on that second piece how do you balance the struggle with just saying hey i don't care what we look like we just need to get out of here so let's burn some clock with every drive and where does that communication start is that head coach is that oc is that the guys who were get like uh, Joe John Finley getting the plays into the quarterback, like what what does that look like, and why was that such a, a just a it was a massive issue to the fans to the people watching the game. It felt so obvious, but yet it wasn't being done. So there's three parts, Barry, and the first person I'm going to dial up is the OC. You and I were texting during the game, and at halftime, I said, "Listen, this is the style of game. It's twenty-eight-three. I said, "This is the style. This is the style of game where we tell the O line, hey, guys, we need to lean on the defense.' 
and we're going to go win this game 38-10, right? We're going to have four, five, six, seven-minute drives. We're going to pick up. We're going to run the ball, and I'm going to tell those guys if we're on the plus, we're on the minus 40. No, I wouldn't say that. If we're on the plus 40 or further, we're going four downs because we're running the football, and we're going to make the play. Olana, you guys ready? Hell yeah, we're ready, coach. Okay, bet. Like, that would that needed to be the conversation at halftime. That game was imperative to win. That game was imperative to win and showing uh, a certain level of domination and to keep the environment. The the, the crowd was humming. Mm. And you could sense even up two, three, even up three possessions, the crowd was pretty pissed in the, in the fourth quarter. So let's start with Levy. I feel like that was a mistake or I, you know, who knows what the conversation was. But in that regard, you kind of take it out of the quarterback's hands. You kind of you, you give everybody the the clear understanding of like okay we got to go lean on people the running backs are thinking about getting first downs not trying to juke people by the way we probably missed two first downs because the running back is trying to juke and kind of get break a big play versus just lean fall forward and get the first and so that's what I mean by having that conversation be clear because now we're just trying to we're trying to accrue first downs third quarter 100% halftime adjustments for me it's a, it's a it's a levy issue we're throwing the ball um we're hiking the ball at 26 right we're we're you know it's 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 second and four and we run the ball and get no yards and we're doing hurry up to do third and four i'm talking about the third quarter before we get into the abomination that was the fourth quarter that's problem i, I was texting you then like what are we doing like why are like it's second and four we didn't get yardage Let's get in the huddle or let's muddle huddle or let's, you know, eat a little clock and put them in a position where, right, because we're anxious. The thing about the the hurry up is we're also anxious, especially when it doesn't work one time, two times, three times, four times, five times. I can keep going six, seven. By the eighth time, imagine how anxious our guys are where it's third down. It's been 39 seconds. And there's 27 seconds on the play clock and we're rushing to the line of scrimmage. By the way, I'm just talking about the third quarter. I couldn't imagine how mentally, you know, defeating that was for our team. So, so, so for me, Levy, that is, that is unacceptable. Number two, it's your quarterback and your players. It's your quarterback and your players. And I'm still talking third quarter. With all due respect to one for 14. There's like, I don't, I got to go back and count them, but, but Barry, I, I bet you there's five where we miss it by a half a yard to a yard, mm-hmm. which means now granted, Levy's not doing us any favor for scheming up plays, throwing the ball before the line of scrimmage on third and four. How about we scheme the play up to run a five yard route? That way, when we catch it, you know what I'm saying? We, we got the first <laughs> without having to do any extra work. So that part is interesting in itself, but man, there are some plays where Gray is trying to juke, juke somebody and he gets tackled versus just leaning forward and the tackle's momentum pushes him over the first. There are times where we are running plays where Barnes gets us eight yards and then it's third and two and Barnes got good forward lean and we take him out and then we put Gray in and Gray gets a yard and a half. There are plays where Gray gets us five or six yards and then we put Barnes in. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense from a coaching standpoint or a personal standpoint either, because if if Barnes is responsible for getting a little momentum by creating a play, shouldn't we reward him with the opportunity to maintain that momentum versus Gray coming in? And if that's the case, and if that's the case, right, as an offensive unit, like 
at what point are we going to say to hell with this? To hell with this. We're just going to go get a first. Like, I feel like there was never a possession where um, I think this happened in the fourth quarter. I was texting you. And I said, bro, the, what we need to do right now is just get a first. One first down and essentially all the weight of the shoulders of that anxiety falls off our shoulders and we win the game. Like if we get a, it just feels like if we get one first, we'll just win one. easily. Right. Just that one initial first and we win and that doesn't happen to me. That's a weak mental makeup of players. There were I, the game's different than when I played the game. But there were plays again. We had an unspoken language. There were plays where Josh would call. I don't know. Blue, right. Thirty five basic run play. Right. Right. B gap. And we get to the line of scrimmage and it's third and four. And we look at each other to hell with that play. We run in a slant. The receipt, the, the corners plan two yards off outside shade, right? Josh gives me a slant. Josh gives, I don't know, J Norm a slant. I'm playing X. J Norm's playing H. We run a double slant to keep the backer out of the hole. The backer's got to cover the inside slant. And I run a slate. And I'm just telling Josh pre-snap, like, bruh, he can't cut. It's, you know, by alignment, it's an easy throw and catch. Right. The safety's high. The backers covering up J Norm. The sa- the corners plan again, head up to outside two yard, two to four yards off me. And, y- and you know the funny part about it? Go watch the game. Oklahoma State did it a ton. They looked at our alignment on third down and said, okay, whatever we're running, we're not running that anymore. We're running what the defense will give us. And when I say players, to me, I, I- does it make sense for Dylan to have had experience with Levy? And be a fourth-year player and not have some autonomy. Yeah, it, it seems like he he would. I mean, that was the whole idea of him right? coming to the program. Okay, so let's let's okay. So I, I think we both can say yes, but let's just say he doesn't. Isn't that also an indictment on him? Oh, absolutely. Right. So 100%. when I, I so I'm watching the game, and and guys, I'm not telling you guys to watch the game again because it was, it made my eyes bleed. But let's just say you had to. You had a homework assignment. You're in college, and your professor's like, "Go watch the adjunct teacher's like, go watch the game." You will notice in the third and fourth quarter when it was very clear what we were doing coverage wise. They were making. Out of, by the way, you know how? Okay, okay. Here's another play. And again, a casual fan may have missed it. Third quarter, they're throwing a fade route to whoever their receiver is and Colden's covering, I believe. And the receiver runs like a six yard stop. And then the camera's following Sanders and following the receiver. And you can see them having nonverbal communication with each other. You can see Sanders is basically saying, bruh, I gave you the rub the thigh pad, which means, you know what I'm saying? That's a pre-snap communication tool to, man, we're going to take this money because they're giving us money. You can see that they were uh, uh, um, ad-libbing, right? They were making in-game adjustments. I don't see that much if ever and 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 i give i attribute a lot of their success in the third and fourth quarters to them doing that now on the flip side of the ball b if you watch the third and fourth quarter you see what do both say did you notice Uh -uh. what the safeties are doing the safeties are at eight eight nine eight yards they're at eight or nine yards bro like Oh, they're taking away the alley, right? Because we run that zone and what we want to do is we want to get vertical stretch, excuse me, horizontal stretch, and then Eric Gray can cut up into one of the alleys. Well, when you bring that safety to eight or nine yards, the safety sees the alley the same way the running back sees the alley from the defensive lens and they can fill it, right? So that's the whole chess match. 
And obviously, people are saying, why the hell is Levy throwing the ball? Levy's trying to punish them for bringing their safeties in the box. And one big play wins the game. And our trigger man can't either read the play, make the play, or get us into the play. So number two for me is 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 our quarterback and the players. Whatever that what Oklahoma State was required to do to take away our ability to run should have allowed us to have at least one person just beat their guy and have a wide open one on one or or a position for us to to make the play. And by the way, there's a couple times where yeah. we run the over route and the, and the the um, Dylan doesn't put the backer in a position where the backer has to come get him. So the backer cat mouses it, and then Dylan tries to throw it over his head, and he almost picks it. You remember that? It's four yes. quarters? Yeah. All Dylan has yeah. to do is take a step towards the line of scrimmage. The backer has to come, and then he can throw the ball wide open, and we probably get 30 yards. We might even score. But again, that's players. People yeah, won't know that, but he allowed the he allowed the backer to cover two people. All you gotta do is think about it. Sanders, how many times we see Sanders or Green or the Duggan, the kid from TCU, just give the minor threat of a run, and our backers have to show, and then second levels boom wide open. Even just a pump. That's it. Just yeah, that that's it. You just need need to pump or or, or move towards the line of scrimmage. That's it. And he commits. That's it. But that's the subtle the 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 player performance fourth year starter yeah week 12 you gotta make that play but number three is coach venables it's a learning lesson for him i love him to death i am not biased absolutely atrocious job by our coach and managing that situation and being the four-star general who says at the end of the day enough is enough and i attribute that to the fourth quarter third quarter we're trying to do who we are we're trying to put points on the board i assume that's why i lay the blame at at Levy, just because it, it clearly tells me Levy didn't say, guys, let's go lean on their ass. Let's go have some five minute drives, seven minute drives, and, and you know, and put this game away. It seems to me Levy wanted to probably go score 21 or 24 or 28 in the second half. So that's Levy. He's the OC. He's got some autonomy. Fourth quarter, Venables has got to tell him, hey, hey, bro, we probably gave them two separate possessions, which we won by two possessions. So it means if they score on those two possessions, we literally gave them tactically. It was just a tactic disadvantage we gave ourselves. Yeah. There's no other way to explain it. It was a tactical malfunction that we allowed them to the point where they punted with three minutes left in the game because we had shown nothing but one minute drives the entire <laughs> second half. They yep. punt a fourth, but <laughs> granted, the sack puts us in field goal range. So he knows if they don't get it, we're already in field goal range and it's a three possession game. So that, that does come into play. Yeah. But if we're not having, if we're not already having one minute drives, they're still going to go for it because they don't think they're going to get the ball back twice anyway. Right. So from a standpoint of at the end of the day, here's the question you ask yourself. If we lose, who shoulders the most blame in that specific scenario in that game? Oh, man. I think it would have to be Venables because it would mean you didn't do it in the fourth quarter. 100 percent. Yeah. As bad as Gabriel played the second, you know, I think he's less than 50 percent after the first quarter. I think he has like. Uh, at less than a hundred yards of passing yards and an interception after the first quarter, I, b I believe his stats. I think I, it was I like five of fourteen. I think in like thirty, like sixty-seven yards or thirty-five yards, something, something atrocious. Yeah, as bad as Lebby was in understanding the moment and putting the offense in a position to, you know, uh, uh, take advantage of 
the, you know, the clock and time of possession. If we lose that game, none of us can defend Coach V for that. Because it's a game that we should never have lost. And 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 the beauty is we won the game with defense, which is his calling card. We won the game with pressure and confusing their offense, which is his calling card. Um, and the defense made the plays that we needed to win. Their only touchdown is a bogus call on a PI that that was absolutely atrocious. So, you know, he he gets all the glory for that, but man, he, you know. He he probably didn't make some any friends and the people that already were pushing for him to be out. Um and, and he was putting some of the people who are huge advocates for him, like myself, in a position where I was questioning what his thought process was. I, I don't think there's an answer you can give that will make people feel better about how that how that thing turned out. You it flat was- out gave the team two possessions. You flat out you're like there's no way around going around if we just take a knee and hike the ball at two seconds. Two less possessions in the game happen because our possessions were only a minute. Yeah, so. e- easily. I mean, <laughs> for those for fans who don't believe how much time can, can run off, I mentioned this to you last night. But somebody actually, this is for the NFL, but they did a like a mathematical formula on when you can start kneeling on the ball, and it's different because the clock stops differently in in, in a college game. But in the NFL, if you're up 11 points, you can start kneeling with nine minutes left to go in the game and win the game. Are you serious? Dead serious. I'll I'll send you the video. It's been so you end up winning by one point. That's assuming the other team scores every time they get the ball. If you kneel every time you have it and don't do any other play, you will uh, you will win the game. It is it is a fascinating bit of numbers and clock and everything because you force the other team to use their timeouts so they have no time. But OU does win. It was a big weekend for for them on the field, just getting a, a victory in a rival game. A game like you, you could not lose to both of your 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 rivals in the same year, especially as you're about out the door on on this conference. But I think some of the bigger stories might have been the recruiting side, and we don't have to name names or go too too deep into that. You know, as we said, you guys can check out the site and, and of course, get the info there. But j- just what do you think the atmosphere was like for those guys, both before the game, in game, and then, of course, locker room and everything else surrounding it, all the festivities. You had a lot of big names there, a lot of five-star guys there. It, it was it was just a, a um, spectacular bit of kind of a player management, if you will, of making sure you got all these guys in town coordinating this so well. And they, they've done it pretty good this year uh, of making sure that those names were there with their friends and their buddies and and, and just making it work. Uh, well, what do you think all that was like for those players and how confident should we feel in closing out this 23 class? Well, if Twitter says anything, I think we should be extremely confident. Um, I always love to see the innuendo and, you know, the the sub tweets and the sub emojis, right? You got Jackson Arnold posting smiley faces and you got coaches, you know, posting gifs. And uh, by the way, I'm a G- Gift guy, not a gift guy, just FYI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fun. It, it, it feels good, right? Because I know it's been, you know, things have been in the dumpsters a little bit since uh, Vasek walked away. But I said, I said it 
when it happened. This is not Lincoln Riley's regime where we've got five or six show ponies and we've really got a bunch of, you know, riffraff uh, uh, mud ducks below those top, top four or five guys. This is a crew that's going to work. This is a crew that's going to put in the, the time to grind. And as far as I'm concerned, they've identified guys who, if we close these, these recruits out that we're looking at, we're not going to miss Vastic and, and it'll be fun. To have a kid who is from Austin and going to stay home, watch us kick his ass, right? We're, we're not looking at going and getting, with all due respect to Enid, but Enid's, you know, strong side DN because we don't have any other option. By the way, I don't know if they if they have a stud there or anything. I'm just saying um, we've actually got more bullets in the gun. And I'll say this, Hayden Bowen's in the house. Uh, Hicks is in the house. His teammate is in the house. Uh, we've we've got the kid from California in the house. I mean, we've got some we've got some players in the house, and I, I didn't name all of them. Uh, some of those kids are going to commit. Right? I don't have any sources, or I you know, uh, or I don't have any sources telling me this, or my my you know whatever. I don't I don't have a crystal ball, but that environment, and we look at some of the places those guys are currently committed. Or some of the regionally located places those those kids are committed versus OU as an option. If OU plays winning football with the staff we have in place, with the culture we have in place, I know we lost some games when people were questioning soul mission. You're bugging. Hey, let me use it another way. You're wilding. Hey, let me use it another way. You're tripping. That matters to families. It may not matter to you when we're losing, but it absolutely matters to mommy and daddy. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, not to mention those guys are going to Africa and going to Brazil and going, I think, Ireland. I mean, the kids who are part of that program get to travel the world. I promise you it's something that is enticing to families and communities. So all we needed to do was win. You know, we, people make fun of the palace. You know, there's a lot of how about this, Barry? Who Did you see this stupid thing on Twitter talking about who has a better fan base, Oklahoma State or OU? What? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's ridiculous. They, they create a poll. You know, it's crazy. Who do you think saw the people in the comments? The, the OU fans. No, absolutely not. It's OSU fans like we have 25,000 less people, but we're three times louder. Oh, like, oh, like, oh I gotcha. <laughs> like, oh, you fans, we're not like, I'm not answering this stupid poll. This poll is yeah. stupid. Like, I'm not answering this. Are you kidding me? That's fine. You guys can't even fill up your own stadium unless you're playing us. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even sell out your own Facts. stadium unless we're coming to town. Like, what are we yeah. talking about? So, anyway, this isn't about those guys. What it, what it is about is OU's a unique place. And and Coach V does have some, you know, this is a year where I think he's learning and I think he's going to go back and do self-study. And I think he's going to review and I think he's going to call some of his mentors. He's probably going to reach out to Dabble. He's probably going to say, hey, Bob, can we go fishing for a week in the offseason or, you know, in his downtime? And he's going to say, how did you from year one to year two get to that, 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 that? And I think, in, is it true that in year two, in year two with Dabo, did they win the Natty or did they go just to a New Year Six? Uh, New Year Six. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty positive. Yeah, and then and, and I feel like that's Watson's like sophomore year, and they probably beat us. I think that's the year they beat the brakes off of us. Uh, Watson comes back for the bowl game. Anyway, we don't we don't need to speculate on that. Point is. I think it's very clear to see he's going to get better, but he has a plan in place. 
and culture. I was watching the NFL Monday, uh, the NFL Sunday stuff, and I usually don't, but I'm out of town. I'm in Orlando. I did a business event here yesterday, and it was interesting. They were talking to some of the new coaches, the guy in um, the New York Giants guy. You, you know, they're seven and two. They're talking to uh, my buddy, uh, buddy who's at uh, Washington. They're now five and five. They beat they beat the Eagles last night, um, and they were talking to uh, gosh, who's the other one? AFC. Uh, it was McDaniel, who was the 49ers OC, who's now a coach in Miami. Do you know what all three said was the number one thing they used to, to have such a quick turnaround with those 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 three programs? What? Starts with the C and ends with Ultra. Mm, yep. Yep. Right? 100%. Like people, if you, have, if you haven't played the game and been in the locker room, by the way, I'm not trying to be like an asshole here. But like I played ball my whole life and then I coached it for another like seven, eight years, right? College, high school, head coach, you know, personal trainer, all that stuff. Like I've been around the sport a ton and culture is like it's you can have the best X's and O's guy ever, the best scheme game plan ever, the best offense and defensive playbook ever. If you ain't got culture, it's kind of like Belichick. Belichick had to have uh, a Tom Brady, he had to have a a, a Baselli. He had to have right uh, all of those guys that that mimicked what he was claiming for it to work. Because it ain't working out. They they're last in their division right now, and he's reinventing himself. He's creating a new culture because the Patriot way that they use for twenty years, fifteen twenty years, doesn't work anymore. These kids are like, screw that, I ain't doing that, and they can go to twenty. 31 other teams and not have to do that and play winning football. You can go to Kansas city and kick it. You can go to Buffalo and have a good time, right? Like there's all these other options. Coach V. If you, if you a blind man could see it, right? Uh, 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 a mute person could say it. He's building the right culture in Norman. And I'm not trying to campaign for the coach. He didn't have his best game from a strategic standpoint yesterday, uh, but what he did do is he got his boys ready to play and he got his defense specifically in position to say, hey, man, you could tell this week in practice. If you watch any of the Twitter stuff, any of the OU sports stuff, Sooner sports stuff, all those guys were fighting for what last night. Did you notice what they all were talking about? We're there. Sure. We kept what the trophy. So, you know, that week in practice, there was a very clear message given to the team and what they were fighting for last night. Man, that's what matters be a hundred percent you got to know that that guys like hicks and bowen they, they were seeing that defense last night and going man if if that's me down there at that spot if bowen's like man if that's me in the secondary doing doing what billy's doing or, or whatever right. the case may or be with billy right yeah. exactly yeah man so it's the, the that had to be enticing to be able to see just kind of a glimpse into the potential of no at ou you can bring in elite defensive talent, no matter what that other guy says, it can be done. You, you can get those guys on campus because we can, we know it can be done because it's been done before. And yeah. now you're about to go to the SEC, which is just going to be another you know feather in the cap when it comes to, to getting guys. I don't think there's any doubt about that, that that plays a factor, but all in all good weekend for the Sooners. Good Hold on, Barry. I got. I got to put you on it, Barry. I got to ask you a question, dog. I got to ask Go you a question. Nah, I ain't letting you pass, bro. We had a bunch of talent. We had a bunch of talent in town. I know you don't got a crystal ball either. How many commits you think we get from the group that was there last night? Conservatively, 
three. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wish list. Obviously, we're just we're playing a game here. Wish list. What? <laughs> I, I mean, I I mean. So listen, you got to tell me two. Everyone's gonna say Bowen and Hicks, right? Where everyone's gonna say that. Who doesn't want two five stars committed to other programs where we can kick them in the nuts and then and then improve our our status? But let's take those two out. I think everybody wishes we got Bowen and Hicks. Those two excluded. Who are the Who are the two kids on on your wish list? I want the guy from California, who's uh, a the uh, tackle. No, the uh, guy who's currently committed elsewhere. Um, last name starts with a P, but want that guy, and I want the guy who's uh, committed to Michigan. Okay, got it. I think those would be, especially the fella c- committed to to the Maize and Blue. That would be a uh, pretty monstrous. Is that the guy you did the whole analysis on on the mm-hmm. on three sixty? Yeah, got it. Yep, he would be a fantastic he, he, addition. We wouldn't we wouldn't be missing Vasek so much if it were for him. If we get him, we're we're good hands. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I I think he okay. is. He's a level of polish that that I don't know if PJ is is quite there yet. Just in body yeah. control, lean, just the way he does things, he feels like a like a Michigan defensive lineman in in the Harbaugh era which is just hard nose incredible effort I mean you you turn on the tape the one thing you see and it's no knock on um on PJ at all but the the motor of even when he's out of the play he doesn't stop he he keeps moving and you have to that you can build your defensive line on guys like that they don't have to be number one d tackle in the country five-star guy i mean that's great you you need probably one or two of those guys if you want to win a championship but you also need those great effort just fundamentally sound rotational guys where you know you, you take one guy out you put him in it's like holy cow you know this guy may not do that great but he does this great now your tackles having to prepare for for this guy and this guy and that's how you 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 start stacking talent and winning championships. Very very interesting. By the way, I I I just wanted to hear you talk about uh you know <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the mechanics side of the game, man. You're really good at the science and the athleticism part, man. I like hearing you. I appreciate you know, it. Out to that stuff. <laughs> appreciate it, brother. Okay. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, fun weekend, fun weekend, and and I hope we get all of them. You know, um, a lot of lot of names in the who's the who's who's who list of, of guys who came out and like i said if i were there last night and i was in that environment i'd be all in on being a sooner especially knowing the potential and their pedigree versus what's on the field this year i'm just telling you if i'm a corner i'm watching like i could start tomorrow if those are your best four guys and i'm not no shout to any of those guys about it. i'm talking woody i'm talking hulk cold i'm talking all of them billy mm-hmm. bowman's a guy who i think flashes consistently and doesn't get beat you, you rarely see Billy's guy, you know, be the reason they they make a big chunk play, unless it's like a mental bust, but not an athletic bust. He doesn't he doesn't get beat athletically very often. Uh, aside from that, I'm looking like Woody. I'd love to challenge you next year. Mm-hmm. Cold, by the way, Coden played well yesterday. Coden played well. Coden, Coden is. I I wish we could get him back. I don't know if I don't think he can, but if we could get him back, that'd be awesome. He's I'm a good little player. I'm curious. He's, if, a, he's um, a good player, man. Yeah, I, I need to look at yeah. his eligibility. I, I don't know if he's got another COVID that he could use. I'm not sure. Yeah, they yeah but because they tried to some... pick on him. They tried to pick yeah, on him for sure. 
for sure. They picked on Woody's tail too much in a soft-ass zone. Woody was soft on the zone last night, man. Flying out of there, scared. Stop. But no, man, good stuff for the recruits. Really good to have that level caliber of player in the house. I heard some rumors. Obviously, looking through Twitter and, you know, trying to connect dots. Um, I think we get two two or three commits out of the night and, and feel good about ourselves heading into the, the very tail end of the season. Love it. Well, Sooner Nation, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Make sure to go leave us a rating and review. Follow the Instagrams and the Twitters. Twitter is at Barry and Mac SHW. You can find Damien at, at D underscore Mac 13. And I am at BYS Fitness at letter B W I S E Fitness. And the Instagram is at The Barry and Mac Show. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you soon. <laughs>